I'm Alex. And I'm Jenna. We're a married couple in our 20s. We're entrepreneurs, homeowners, homesteaders, parents, business owners, and devout Christians. We want to talk about the impossible world we live in, how we go against the grain, personal testimonies, experiences, and how we've built our lives on a foundation of faith in Christ. This is our Christian 20s. Now let's ruffle some feathers. When Jenna and I met, I didn't know God yet, and she was more stubborn than I was, and she got me to go to church. Uh, We touched on this last episode about how Jenna did that for me. Um, You know, the Holy Spirit working through her, um, she (laughs) out-stubborned me, got me to church, and my life was transformed. Within two weeks, uh, I was just indwelled. Two months later, I was saved. Two years later, I'm here. So we're going to start, uh, we're going to allow her to kind of go on with, I guess, her master plan. <laughs> and you could just explain kind of how it went on your side. Um, okay, so basically, well, we'll start from the first mention to you about my religion and what I expected. So like we've mentioned before, we met on Tinder. And I put on my profile, I was very direct, um, and ladies, it's not uh, the worst thing to meet online nowadays. You know, people don't really mix and mingle all that much anymore, and meeting somebody at a bar is really not preferable. Um, You're you're probably not going to find the kind of person you want as a long-term relationship at a bar. Uh, So I kind of gave up. I went and just made a Tinder profile real quick. And it was me in a little nutshell. And I try to be as direct, as straight to the point of who I was as possible. And in it, um, I said the line, like, I want a partner in crime and somebody to sit in the church pews with me and giggle uh, at what the preacher's saying sometimes. And uh, so I try to put that little snippet in of, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to eventually take you to church without being direct Um, Being like, oh my god, Christian, I don't want anything else. You know, because also uh, something that is a problem in today's age is women, we we vastly outnumber the single godly men in church. Uh, Just godly men out there. About 80%. Literally. 80% of young adults who are in church actively are women. Um. And I, you know, I knew my whole family growing up always was like, marry a a Christian guy, a really sweet Christian guy. You will thank me later. You'll thank me later. And so throughout my teenage years, I only dated people who were in church, who were specifically in my church. Um, And those were the guys that I dated. And newsflash, it didn't go well. Um, These guys were kind of similar to me that their their families grew up in church but they didn't have a personal relationship with God and a lot of these guys they were just dragged drugged to church and um they they were not Christian guys you know so I had this oh I'll I'll, I'll date in church and and I'll find a, a long-term relationship and I always dated long-term relationship wise um but it never worked out and I was so desperate to have it work out in terms of like a, a successful Christian relationship. And it just didn't happen. So I was like, you know what? 
I'm just going to go see what's out there. If there's somebody else who's Christian on this dating app, great. If not, I'll figure it out. <laughs> so I, I just kind of... I think you touch on uh, what the difference was between me not being Christian and the quote-unquote Christian guys not being Christian. Was it your expectations of them? Were you like more disappointed or... Were you, um, did you figure it might be easier to, to um, convert somebody? And, you know, <laughs> well, like what, what was more, uh, I guess, attractive to find someone who wasn't a Christian? Okay, well, first off, my goal to get it onto a Tinder app is not to be like, ooh, who can I convert today? But, <laughs> Come here, well, that's <laughs> not a bad idea. I mean, so I think for me, I was just so disappointed in my past and what has happened in my previous relationships and how just awfully it went. Um, and so I kind of came to the conclusion, you know, I was in three, three, four ish long-term relationships that were in the church and they all were not it, dude, not it. So, um, basically I just kind of gave up looking within my church that is. And and obviously I grew up in a more uppy city place. So the pickings were slim in terms of a decent guy. Um, you could go any, to any church, anything. It, no. You had to go to Baltimore County where there's 880,000 of us. Yeah. <laughs> you know, visit, but it's a small town to find one of us. Look, where I came from is a very small place. We've got like we've got like four Baptist churches. Yeah. So. But it's like a mile wide, but there's a million people in there. Yeah, it's crazy. But anyway, um so yeah, basically I was just like, you know what? I'm just gonna put my feelers out there. If there's a Christian guy who I don't know and maybe he's from a different place, great, we'll try it. Um so I just you know, I I found Alex pretty immediately. And uh So it was like the third one that popped up? Yeah, the third third guy that popped up. That's divine. Mm. That is divine. So. <laughs> and we always joke that it was you know, God did this because when you make a dating profile you gotta set the parameters and I was sick and tired of getting matched with people who were like <laughs> I literally I I started the app and then it sent me far and wide for people. It was like a hundred miles away. I was like, no, so I revamped it. And you were the third person that came up and I revamped it like 25 miles and mm -hmm. he was 60 plus miles away from me. Yeah. I had the same thing. Yeah. So that was weird. But anyway, I don't think that's a joke. I think that's God. <laughs> yeah. So, so, uh, I super liked him and then we started talking. So from that point, I, I really tested who you were. I immediately started just saying, Hey, I don't smoke. I don't drink. I'm not of that life lifestyle. I don't do hookups. I don't do this. Um, and he was completely cool with it. And he's on the same page. He was like, yeah, no, I, I'm not of that lifestyle either. Like, well, I was a smoker. Yeah, that's true. And I did drink lots of coffee. We touched on this on my introduction that you can listen to on episode two, but I didn't want to be, <laughs> you know, so I was, I didn't want to be of that lifestyle. So it was easy to, you know, finding her, it was great. It's like, thank the Lord, finally, somebody <laughs> around me is not a smoker. Someone around me is not a drinker. You know, someone around me isn't addicted to coffee. You like water? You like the drink? You really like to drink water? <laughs> I'm um, a water snob. Now I am. And who would have thought that? All right. Um, but basically, like, I came into this relationship not on the strongest terms in my relationship with God, but I knew 
where I wanted to be. You know, I definitely was not diving into the word like I should have. I definitely was not like in that mindset of just being on fire anymore. I think it kind of like sizzled out because yeah. my previous situation, but well, I mean, you were 21. Yeah. That's, yeah. I mean, that doesn't so, matter. It doesn't matter well, how old you are. I don't know how many 21 year olds spend their time reading Bibles. You know what I mean? And being, being burned of passion for the word. Look, it needs to happen a lot more. It should but, happen a lot more, but I mean, yeah. In our day and age is very rare. I get right. it. But I was not super, super religious. That's what I'm saying. So when I came into this relationship, I was just more open to things, but I was very strict in terms of my morals and my moral compass. So I, I, I am not a person that sways in any way. Like I was raised in a good way, in a way that my family was always like, Hey, don't do this. Don't do this. Stay away from this. And I took rules very seriously. Once I grew up, you know, my, my family would be the first one to say that if when I was little, I would break every rule and say, don't do this. And I would do it on purpose. <laughs> but as I grew up, I really started to like adhere to rules. Um, and so I did take it very seriously. And I did know how those negative things affected my family and people in my life, uh, smoking and drinking and, and just being in weird sexual situations. And uh, I was like, no, I'm not even, I'm not even playing with that. The Bible says to do this and I want to follow it. And I had a pretty, pretty good teenage life because of it. You know, I had a lot of pressure, a lot of craziness, a lot of whatever, but I stuck to it. So coming to this relationship, yeah, I've already been tested for years and years and years and years. Mm-hmm. And you, you've never been drunk. You no. never smoked a cigarette. No. You never dabbled with marijuana. You've yeah. just went into your first liquor store like a year ago <laughs> <Dude>. <laughs> in order to buy alcohol to make vanilla extract. Vanilla extract. <laughs> yeah. The first time I ever bought alcohol was to make vanilla extract and the guy at the counter just I, he couldn't even answer my question. She was so lost, and I didn't even get carded, so I felt jipped. So <laughs> Our first first liquor store experience, and you didn't get carded. Yeah, but anyway, um, I've already been tested in the in the the whole way of my morality, and will I bend, and will I succumb to peer pressure? And the answer is no. I'm a very very serious person in that aspect, and you can't you can't sway me. And and of course, don't be too confident always, but. It's just not something that I'm willing to negotiate on. And so coming into this relationship with Alex, I was like, hey, look, this is who I am. This is take or leave it. And he took it. And like he said before, the first day that we met, I mean, we hit it off instantly. And uh, that day that we met was the last cigarette he ever smoked. Um, So people, it's possible. I was (laughs) smoking two packs a day previous to that. Right. And he literally was just like, yep, I'm done with this. That's it. I I knew I wasn't going to let you go. You know, and back then I was pretty apathetic to most things, but I was like, there's no way. There's no way I'm going to let her (laughs) get away. You know, I know this is too good for me. And, you know, you really embodied um, the scripture here, which I'll read, 2 Corinthians 6.14. Do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers, for what partnership has righteousness with lawlessness? Or what fellowship has light with darkness? Uh, you took a really great risk, and you never allowed me to influence you negatively, because I I still had all these cravings, not so much for nicotine, but you know, once you get away from those addictions, you still have them. Some people are just very they very addictive anyway, very addictive personalities. Um, uh, but even before me, you know, like you were just explaining, growing up, 
all these people wanting you to do bad things, maybe Satan tempting you, could be. Um, you were never unequally yoked with them either. So you really embodied that scripture. Mm-hmm. I think it's really admirable. Thanks. Mm. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I did take a risk, but I again, I knew your heart. And I knew you wouldn't, you wouldn't be damaging to me in that way. And, and I, I kind of knew who you were personality-wise. So I took the risk. And uh, what I started to do is, because when we met, COVID hit pretty much immediately. It was like <laughs> two months into our relationship, or not even. We met the end of January in 2020. Started so little... think back <laughs> two years ago or three years ago what your life looked like to anyone listening to this, what happened in 2020 and how fast it happened from January it to, it was April, I think. No, March, March. March was March. when the world heard of their first COVID. Well, it shut down the day after my sister's birthday. Yeah. So that was March 17th. Forget, okay, thank you. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> my dad's birthday. Yeah. Forget Things me. like started shutting down then. And so we were only together like a month and a half, two months. And, uh, <laughs> everything just kind of, Stop. The world stopped. Ooh. And so at that point, we were talking and, and just having a good time. And I was actually at his house when they announced, like, we're going to shut down mm. interstate travel and, you know, like, all, all crazy. And we were we just looked at each other and be like, what is happening, right? But in that moment, and talking to him and, and figuring things out, like, we were a good pair. We were a good partnership. And uh, that's what you need for any relationship is a good partnership. Somebody you can talk to, have fun with, like in the stressful moments, you will sit there and laugh. Mm-hmm. And that no, is literally we, us. We never stopped. We <laughs> we still giggle oh, all the time. everything. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so at that point, you know, going to church was out of the question. They shut down churches. Yeah. You know, people try to keep everybody. <laughs> well, go ahead. <laughs> I just keep thinking we were going to head out to the woods. We were like, I'm not dealing with this. All the stress on this, everything falling apart. It's going to be, you know, anarchy out here. People breaking into our gardens. Like, we're we're going to sell the house. We're going to go move into the woods. And uh, that's where we started bonding was camping equipment and <laughs> ammunition. <laughs> that's that's true. The foundation of our relationship. Yeah. So, uh, but anyway, um Going to church was out of the question, and I knew I wanted to find a place that was around where he lived uh, to go to church. And um, again, spoiler alert, we didn't do everything the Christian way uh, with dating. I pretty much like moved into his house and um, pr- pretty much immediately. So well, bear in mind, you're 60 miles away. You're it over, was very a tough. Little over an hour. The Christian thing to do were to take the trip. But oh yeah. It was it was difficult. I mean, he worked so much at that time. Um, you were doing what fifty plus hours a week. Yep, which is funny. And, I own a business now and I work less. Right, <laughs> and I was working at that point too, and um, it was tough. And at, at the point, because I was a personal trainer, all the gyms shut down, and it was kind of like the perfect opportunity for me to like slither out of that because I, I was not happy mm. with work. But the gym shut down anyway, and uh, the guy I was working for was like, "Yeah, we." Can't really pay you anyway, so we'll just keep your job for you if you're interested. And I was like, nah, I'm good. Hmm. So I moved up here, and um, I wanted to find a church, but everything was shut down. And a lot of places weren't even doing live streams. Um, yeah. 
it took a while for them to get back up into business. And uh, so we kind of just took a hiatus and we worked on our relationship and who we wanted to be as a, as a couple. And things progressed really quick uh, because we were so close. We were so fit in this little puzzle piece together. And we both quickly knew that, that I think this is, this is what we wanted to do. We wanted to get married, have a, have a long-term relationship, you know, have a great future together. So we focused on us and I started just slowly planting seeds. And uh, those seeds would be like, hey, this is, you know, the right thing to do. This is, you know, we talked about forgiveness. We talked about past trauma and how to get past that. And I would just kind of like bring up things very casually that were in the Bible and very casually of, oh, hey, I, I watched this video, watch it, see what you think. Of course, like Christian videos um, about scripture, about how to be strong, how to get past things, how to get past worry. Because um, like we said before, Alex is very anxious. He's a very nervous guy. Um, not as much anymore, but he definitely was when we first met. You know, he was always like, what do I do? What is this decision going to be okay? He would overthink everything and change his mind five times before Tuesday hit. You know, it was, it was crazy. So I would just kind of plant these seeds like, hey, don't worry about this. Don't worry about this. And I think the first really big breakthrough we had, because we, we, we talked about his religious life and it was pretty much non-existent. So the first thing that really kind of, opened your eyes to a, a, a better talk was Easter. We were dying Easter eggs, if you remember. Um, I was running my bow fishing business because bow fishing was quote unquote essential so I could keep running that business <laughs> while I wasn't working in gyms. Yeah, yeah. And uh, bow fishing is just a hoot anyway. So we were having we were having fun and we were not unemployed. So that, that was cool. But um, we were dying Easter eggs and I was like, so uh, you know the story of Jesus? And he was like, well, not really. And so it's like, okay, sweet. So I ended up pulling out some, I, I had like my old little children's books and stuff. And I, I pulled out my children's books and we started talking about it. And um, that was funny. And he was like, oh yeah, I knew all that. And I was like, yeah, but do you know all that? And I think I just kind of like sprinkled more seeds of what salvation really was and what, what, who Jesus was. And um, you've always been a great storyteller, <laughs> specifically, uh, <laughs> Like telling it in a, in a fun way and not so much like a theological way. Oh, where, yeah. You know, it makes people lose interest. You know, well, that's why you're so good with children. <laughs> you're animated and you made the story fun. It's true. Easy to remember. I'd always joke because I was really good at what we deemed ratchet Bible storytelling. Um, so I told the story of like Noah and Jonah and everything in just like a very like snippet funny as, way as if you're saying it about your cousin doing things yeah it was, it was funny it was so funny and it became a thing right so I, and we started telling stories all the time so i told him the story of pretty much everything every every little like bible story that we knew as kids growing up in church i told it to him in like a funny little mm -hmm. ratchet way so i kind of got him interested in it and he would ask questions we were literally driving around we we did it a lot we would just like drive aimlessly while listening to music um and I'd like tell him a story and then he'd ask questions about it. And so I just kept, you know, answering those questions and kept getting it into his brain and just kind of like, oop, doop, doop. But I made it his decision. You know, I, I, I've always been a big advocate of not being pushy. Mm -hmm. um, you keep planting the seeds and you live the life that exemplifies or 
that's probably not even the word I'm looking for, but you live as close to Christ mm-hmm. as you can. And, yeah. and so that's what I've always tried to do. Um, and with doing that, you influence who you're with. Uh, you can go ahead and read the next verse. Yeah, that's literally that's, that's another scripture. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, it's kind of, there's kind of two verses here. 1 Corinthians seven fourteen. For the unbelieving husband is made holy because of his wife, and the unbelieving wife is made holy because of her husband. Otherwise, your children would be unclean, but as it is, they are holy. And 1 Peter 3, 1. Likewise, wives, be subject to your own husbands, so that even if some do not obey the word, they may be one without a word by the conduct of their wives. So if you, you could have not spoken a word, and just knowing how loving you were you know and your different attributes and you know personality traits um oh personality is one thing but what you choose to do with it is another yeah well you, i mean you've always embodied a, a holy personality anyway holy not as in like you're jesus but holy isn't you're set apart um and I, I always knew that about you not that you're stubborn but you're you're immovable and you wouldn't be influenced. You know what I mean? So that's very important. Yeah. Yeah, but I um, I tried to live as right as I could. And I try to just influence him in that way. And we butt heads a lot in terms of your family. Because, of course, his family lives up here. So we would go to his family occasions. Birthdays and weird, like, Yeah, we got together holidays. for everything. Literally yeah. everything. Um, and... I think one of the biggest moments for him that woke him up to who I was as a person was there was a big party at his his father's house and we went over there and there was just tons of drinking, tons of fighting, all sorts of stuff. And I made a little prediction of how that would go. And I said, look, I'm, I'm going to leave. You know, I don't condone what's going on and this is not who I want to be and I don't want to be around people doing this. Um, it's my choice. It's your family. So if you want to stay, stay. But I'm leaving. And Alex looked at me. He's like, what? Like, what do you mean? You can't just leave. People are going to think that's weird. I was like, I don't care. I don't care what people think. Yeah. It's not, that's not who I want to be. That's not what I want to be around. I'm out. And he was just, he just stood there in the driveway for the longest time. He's like, well, what am I supposed to do? I was like, I don't know. That's a, that's on you. You can stay if you want. I'm not saying you have to leave. I'm just leaving. <laughs> yeah. I also, I mean, I, I didn't want my family to look at her funny because we were, I mean, we we're kind of new into being in a relationship. I think we were like five months in dating. Yeah. And they, I mean, they did. They, they yes. looked at you funny. They were like, what's wrong with her? She, you know, holier than thou. She can't hang around because we're drinking and yada, mm-hmm. yada, you know. Because everybody knew that it drank. I mean, all of them offered me a drink like 15 times. I was like, no, I, I don't drink. Hmm. Um. Yeah, I didn't do a really good job at prefacing that either. Yeah, you just he kind of <laughs> just threw me to the wolves. And but it's fine. I I was just like, look, that's just who I am. No I I would openly be like, no judgment. Like, do you? Do you, dude. And but I'm not gonna be a part of it. You can mm-hmm. do you, but I'm out, you know? <laughs> I'll tell you the harms of drinking and why you shouldn't do it, but I ain't I'm not participating. So yeah, I, I left and I, I think that was a big eye opening moment for him because he was like, wait, she's actually so serious. And we left and we had a big conversation. And literally to this day, like, we we don't argue. It's just kind of a weird conversation about things. Not like weird, but mm-hmm. more stern. And um, 
he was just so perplexed. And he was like, well, now my family's going to look at you funny. I'm like, again, I don't care. And that just kind of turned his world upside down. And from there, we started to like slowly separate from that kind of lifestyle. And he started to see like, yo, this is really destructive. This What's happening is really bad. And I hate that we had to use your family to kind of like show you that. But that was just the most important I mean, thing. We it, had, it, it is COVID. what it is. The only people we could see were your family. Yeah. I mean, it's just the truth. <laughs> yeah. It, it is what it is. Yeah, but we we weren't going out and doing events because events weren't open. And I, I really, with COVID, I think drinking and drug uses, usage became rampant mm-hmm. because people were bored. They had nothing, nothing to, else do. to do. Liquor stores are still open. Liquor stores stayed open. Mm-hmm. And because, the church is closed. Well, I'll tell you why. Liquor stores stayed open because... Um, for alcoholics who quit drinking, it is more harmful for them to stop drinking than it would be. Uh, you know, it, they they needed to stay open so that alcoholics could have their alcohol. Essentially, you're gonna get a lot of crime because yeah. yes, you'd have a lot of crime. But the hospitals, doctors' offices are yeah. already starting to be overpacked, right. and all these people having symptoms of withdrawal or even worse, because uh, you could die from that. Um, they'd be packing packing the uh, the hospitals and doctors' offices. Yeah, churches closed. And Governor Hogan, Maryland's governor, actually said, uh, they put out a, a whatever, um, he said that the reason that churches closed were because <laughs> things that sparked the American Revolution, uh, places that people generally hung out, like church, and spoke about how to, how to uh, I guess, get back at the government from the revolutionary standpoint. They, that church was one big thing, and they knew that people coming together was a bad thing. Yeah, it's for for them trying to take control. No, we're not going to get into that debate. <laughs> trying to keep it, but we can all admit that uh, the government had a lot of control over the last few years, and they knew that uh, dissident behavior sparked in church. Yeah. so they killed churches and left <laughs> left liquor stores open. Yeah, all under the crazy. guise of like, hey, it's COVID for your best interest, right? Um, but anyway, so fast forward, we've dealt with a lot of his family stuff and I continue to just hold my ground and it, it was tough and not in the tough that I was like, yeah, you know, we'll just hang out. No, it was tough in the fact that like we had, his family's huge. We had tons of people basically attacking us. Saying like, oh, I can't believe you. I can't believe this is ridiculous. You you don't care about the family. You know, like whatever. Um, and it wasn't that at all. We constantly reached out to people. We had a party, uh, Alex's birthday party here at our house to try to remove the drinking. We said, hey, everybody come to our house so we can just have Chick-fil-A chicken nuggets and volleyball and honest family fun in our backyard. Mm-hmm. And they couldn't even do that. We had people bringing beer and drinking in their cars mm-hmm. because... You know, and then people breaking down and crying. It was, it was a disaster. Your birthday was a a disaster. Time I haven't had a birthday party since. (laughs) We have, we have, we We have. have. We don't invite people. (laughs) My my view of parties is a a wee bit different. (laughs) Yeah. Now, (laughs) but anyway, um, moving on. It was just, it was ridiculous, and and after that party, um, things just went upside down. It was after that that. You know, we had his sister just hounding on us, hounding on us, and and all of his siblings and half siblings and step siblings and adopted siblings, like all. It was all of a his... it was a very abrupt disconnection, right? At this point, 
Yeah. And, you know, the the road is narrow, <laughs> you know. Right. But um But yeah, that really that was a precipice for us getting really close to each other. Yeah. Because at this point, you're here, you're you're an hour and a half away from your family. Uh, I am now separated from ninety five percent of my family. It's the middle of COVID, so we can't still can't do anything. <laughs> it's the middle of COVID. We couldn't go to church or find any friends really. Um, so we had to just come together. But this was the point that we started homesteading. Um, so everything was shut down. And I was like, look, we don't know what's happening with our food chain. We don't know what's happening with anything. So I just literally looked at him. I was like, hey, there's this lady on Facebook Marketplace selling a chicken coop and some chickens. Like, can I go get them? And Alex is famous for never telling me no. Like, you typically don't have bad ideas. No, but it's, you know, when you just yeah. abruptly say, hey, let's go get some chickens. And he's okay. like, all right. You know, so we hopped in the truck, got some chickens. And then from there, I was like, well, they, we need a garden because, you know, one, I got to give my chickens fresh stuff. And then what about us? So then we started gardening and everything exploded from there. So we actually had illegal chickens for a long time because I was just like, you know what? I don't care. I don't care what the government says. I'm just having my chickens and being happy. Give unto Caesar except for my chickens. Right. <laughs> so, um, we, and of course, chicken math applies. I started with two, then it went to four, then it went to like eight, then it went to 15 for a while. You know, it's just chicken math is a thing um and of course we went to tractor supply and i got chicks everything blew up good thing because eggs are expensive eggs are expensive they're crazy expensive and we bought things when things weren't that crazy expensive Mm -hmm. so our coop our run everything it's we're sitting on a gold mine now Mm -hmm. but anyway um so we started homesteading we started kind of doing our own thing and then i don't i don't remember what the conversation was but i said look let's start watching some sermons online of places around here that are starting to open up again. Um, some, some churches were opening up slowly with certain yeah. restrictions and, and whatever. Getting in the gist of doing online services. Yeah. Which is huge cultural change. Absolutely. Isn't that crazy? I honestly hate it. If you can, if you can watch online sermons and feel the same, that's great. But we're also called to have fellowship with others. You gotta be in church, man. Yeah. And you have to have a relationship with other Christ believers and, just, yeah, even if like if it's not a church building, you could you know have house church, right. have park church. You just need to be with other people. Virtually, just doesn't cut it. Right. So we uh, for a while we shopped around at looking at online sermons, and then things started to open up a little bit more. We were engaged at that time, and uh, I think it was three or four months after we were engaged, and I was like, look, I. I'm religious, and when I want to have our wedding, I want it to be in my church. I want it to have a Baptist-focused religious wedding. Um, and so we talked about that a little bit, and I was like, we, we should pick a church where we want to have it. And we struggled with, again, finding a church in the middle of COVID, and we decided on going like with a big venue that wasn't religious and just have like a religious pastor there. Yeah. Um, but that didn't work out either. So we just kept church shopping. And then Alex was like, hey, wait, I knew this guy in middle school. And he, I think, is like a children's pastor at a church or something or like a associate pastor or something. So let's go check out what he's about and what uh, his church is. I, I liked his memes. 
Yeah, they. He was a, um, <clears throat> he had lot, many good memes against Governor Hogan at the time. So I was like, all right, these are our people. <laughs> so we uh, watched. I think we watched two sermons, and then we decided to go because they were open. Um, they like any church didn't have the full mm. um, breadth of their people there because people were scared of COVID and. Uh, there was masks and whatnot. So we went and we just kept going from there. You know, we, I think we tried like two or three churches and we, then we tried that church and we just stayed. So, and I think Alex started really getting into it and he went to a couple sermons and he was sold. And for me to be in that position of slowly planting the seed, slowly getting somebody to church, it's a, it's a different feeling. You know, it's, it's a feeling that like, you get this just heart tug of, hey, this is awesome. Like, this is what we're called to do. We're called to bring others to Christ. Let others know who Christ is. Bring them to salvation. And so that whole journey, it was long. It was tough. It was grueling. It, it's it's especially tough. And this is, this is where these verses come into play. Um, when you are thinking about starting a life with somebody, the main things you need to ask yourself is, how do they think and feel about major things, major problems in your life? How do they approach it? And the reason why, you know, my family and all the other families say, hey, marry within your religion is because typically that means the way you're going to handle conflict will be similar. So then you're not fighting like two opposites and one person says it should be this way because mm-hmm. it is. And, you know, you need to find that commonality of like hey this is this is how we're gonna do conflict this is how we're gonna approach it yeah we had a crash course because we went through many different major life changes in a very short amount of time right um growing businesses starting businesses some people never do that in their lifetime Mm -hmm. we had two two of our own businesses run at the same time all of coronavirus all that stuff totally it's difficult to navigate if you're 60, you know, we're trying to do it together in our twenties. Um, having a child, buying a house, starting a homestead, running, running a business, working, starting another business. Um, you being separated from family. You moved out of state over an hour away. Yeah. You know, there were me leaving all my addictions. I had so many life changes and we packed it into what, a year and a half, a year and a half of our <laughs> life. Yeah. They were doing all these things. Um, so we got to know each other very quickly. And I think one of the biggest things though, like I just said, we, we met each other and hit it off so well. And we were just two puzzle pieces that fit. And while Alex didn't go to church and wasn't religious, his moral compass was really strong in terms of like how he thinks people should be treated and how things should be done. And like apologies, like he was always on the up and up with that even not being in church, not having that influence mm-hmm. on reading the Bible. So that was helpful to me. And at the same time, um, back when we first met, you were very passive. So he avoided conflict and didn't want to deal with it. So if I came to him, I said, hey, here's an issue. How do you want to solve it? He would say his little piece and I'd say, okay, well, I think this. And he's like, great, awesome, go with that. <laughs> so he didn't really fight me on anything, even if he like did disagree a little bit. It was mainly just me running the ship. And you're very, very lucky that I am a very sound woman and I 
drove that ship in the right direction. Yeah, that could have um, went terribly. It could have. I mean, it's gone terribly for, for me. Yeah. <laughs> Previous relationships, He's, but I mean, that, oh, that could have went. You're so trusting. And yeah. it's a good thing in a productive relationship. And we have that, and that's great, and that you were, you're safe. Mm. But you, you weren't in other relationships, and um, your discernment was not there. So, but that's for another time. Um, but basically... The reason why you need to get with somebody who's religious, if you can, is to solve those big problems. When you have kids, how are you going to discipline them? What are what are your priorities with raising kids? How are you going to deal with the tough conversations as they grow up? These are all things that you will fight about as a married couple if you're not on the same page. So mm. being on the same page is so, so important. Yeah, and although I was passive... Uh, I still agreed with you on 98% or more, 99% of subjects. Yeah. We were in agreement uh, with almost everything. Um, how to talk to people, how to start the business, what to do with it, how to um, have, a, you know, how to have a child, <laughs> <laughs> you know, raising him, deciding what we're going to do, what it's going to look like. Uh, you got to think about their health, your health. Uh, there's so many different, so many different things that we were trying to do for the last few years, uh, many decisions to make, and we were in agreement 90% of the time, or 95% of the time, yeah. almost all of the time, uh, and that really helped. It wasn't so much about being passive; it's about being trusting. Um, when you when you get married, I mean, even before we were uh, married, we were just engaged. We were still very agreeable with each other, but. After marriage, you're really you're really one flesh, and mm-hmm. you you have to come together and trust God and make your decisions based on that, and just be like, okay, well, however it turns out is what it's going to be, and we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. But we're going to do it together, and we're going to do it with the Holy Spirit behind us and in front of us and around us, and we're going to refer to the Word, and that's about it. Yeah, and that's I mean we still we still live life like that, and I think that's the only way we were able to make it work. Right. I mean, like, like you said, we've been through so much. And I think the biggest thing is knowing that the issues you're facing are, it's a, it's a common issue. And when you, when you have a disagreeance, don't look at it as we're two people fighting a battle against each other. It's we're two people who are on the same team defeating the same enemy. Mm -hmm. And that's where you really are going to get a productive marriage is Fighting a battle together, not separate. You got to lean into each other. Absolutely. Yeah. You have to compliment each other. Yeah, the best you can. It's not always going to be fifty-fifty, and that is like the biggest stupid thing you hear all the time. Like every relationship <laughs> should be fifty-fifty. No, but you should not have one person having eighty percent of the responsibility all the time. Yeah. But in certain situations, so like Alex is fantastic at doing certain things, and then me not so much, and vice versa. And that's, again, what a marriage should be, right? We compliment each other. I'm a woman, he's a man. We have different qualities as women and men, and then as different people. And we fill in each other's blanks. So when Alex has 80%, and I'm handling that 20, and I'm trying trying my best here, but he's got the bulk of it, the next situation could be 50-50, or it could be 80-20 in my direction. But It always flows. Right. No one's ever holding that responsibility mm-hmm. over their head and it's it's dude it's never 50 50 mm-hmm. so um having that unrealistic expectation will definitely tank your marriage um yeah especially with money especially with money 
people are just so protective of themselves and other wallets that <laughs> even when you're married, you have to let the other person in. Mm-hmm. You have to, and you have to trust them. Uh, you know, whatever you decide to do with your money is is your thing. What worked for us is we're a married couple. You know, we I have separate bank accounts. She has separate bank accounts, but they're not really used. They're just bank accounts we have. We never close. So they might have a few dollars in there. Um, but all of her money goes into the same thing. Uh, for a little while, she was a breadwinner. Mm-hmm. I was in the middle of um, having surgery and on my face. I couldn't work because the field that I'm in. Um, she was a breadwinner. I had to be okay with that. I had to put my pride aside and, and not be the, the, uh, the producer here and bring home all the money. I had to be okay with that. Now I'm the breadwinner. She's okay with that. You know, we don't spend each other's money, more or less. My yeah. money's in there and her money's in there, and, and neither of us try to spend as much as we can. Um, so, yeah, but finances are, it's, it, that's a big make or break thing. It could be a killer. Yeah. yeah. And again, it's the biggest things, as we've all heard, is trust, loyalty, communication. Everybody's like, communication, communication, communication. It's true. I mean, we will just sit down and drive around and be like, all right, let's, go ahead and make a budget for this let's do this no conversation is too awkward to have and yeah it can't be it can't it can't you are you are literally married yeah you are together forever so air out your dirty laundry you know like (laughs) there's there's no stone that will not be turned in a marriage so now that we're both on the same page with religion it is so much easier you know and i that walk of getting you there was difficult, but I would do it any day of the week. Mm-hmm. And now I'm reaping the rewards. God will reward you. You do the right thing. You keep your head down. You just keep plowing through and keep it up. You know, you're still mm-hmm. a light, you know, <laughs> but, but you will be rewarded. And now, you know, we struggled for a little bit with, with some disagreements and, you know, getting to the point that we are today. Everybody is going to fight, but now we're at a point where I'm getting that reward. I have I have a Christian husband who wants to do everything in a Christ like way. Like that's so rare to find, especially in our age age group. Yeah. And so for for me to have this husband, like I didn't do this, God did this. But I sure facilitated a lot of it. I got yes. you, I pointed you in the right direction and here you are. So I'm so thankful, so blessed, and I love where we're at. And we've got we've got a son who's turning one, and the business is doing great, and that's all because of our love and communication and trust. It's all because of that. So that's that's basically the whole story. That's the whole snippet of getting you here. Yeah. I think to any of our listeners in their 20s, if you're married, be vulnerable with each other. Be open with each other. No stone uh, is unturned in a marriage. So if you got to open yourself up, like and, like your past relationships, yeah. like ever everything, yeah. you have to agree. Your sins, air the dirty laundry. Talk about what your weaknesses are because your spouse, your relationship partner, whatever you want to call it, they will be there to help you. If you don't mention anything, if you're like, hey, I'm just gonna like deal with this on my own, it's fine. Yeah, you will fall and then your spouse will not feel that trust and that you know they don't feel valuable if you're trying to do on your own like why am i here (laughs) exactly yeah yeah but you we are stronger together god put us in relationships 
to handle these problems together. I'm his helpmate. He is the lead of our, our, our family, but we are a checks and balances system. And you are only as strong as really your partner is. You, you slowly become your partner. So if it doesn't go in the right way, both you're going down a bad path. Mm-hmm. And so it's, yeah, I can keep going on that, but we're, yeah, we can close. Yeah. Um, be vulnerable to your spouses. Love <laughs> be each good, other. Be good to them. <laughs> Love each other. If you're not married, um, really consider the decisions that you're making. And if you're if you're male, set yourself up to be married. Find yourself a house if you can. I know it's tough in this market. But set yourself up. Quit all those addictions. Stop heading to the convenience store every morning. <laughs> um, quit drinking any drinks. Yeah. Stop looking at uh, the certain ladies' Instagram posts <laughs> and just um, set yourself up for a good marriage. Um, do you have a note for the ladies? Well, do too. I mean, when I came to this relationship, I knew what I wanted and yeah. I went for it. If you are wishy-washy, you will, you'll tend to pick the easier route, which is typically the sinful route. Mm-hmm. So stay strong. Stay strong with who you want to be. Keep your standards high. Keep your yeah. standards high. I did not waver. I would not be with somebody who didn't meet my standards and expectations and it paid off so much and um make sure you're not unrealistic with those standards but well stay intentional and stay pointed to christ Mm -hmm. and you guys will make it work you'll figure it out if you have any questions uh you can email us at 127foundation at gmail.com um you can find us on facebook uh there's a facebook page 127 um if you find our first personal pages, they're pretty public. <laughs> Just send us a message. Um, thanks for listening. Have a great week. See you. I'm Alex. And I'm Jenna. We're a married couple in our 20s. We're entrepreneurs, homeowners, homesteaders, parents, business owners, and devout Christians. We want to talk about the impossible world we live in how we go against the grain, personal testimonies, experiences, and how we've built our lives on a foundation of faith in Christ. This is our Christian 20s. Now let's ruffle some feathers. <laughs>